This is the Congleton Pride Podcast. Welcome to Congleton Pride's Little Bit on the Side. This is our chance to bring you one of the longer interviews from this month's podcast. Of course, it's LGBT History Month, and we caught up with these two gentlemen who chatted about their experiences of growing up in the 80s and being LGBT. So, hello. How are you doing? I'm all right. Uh, what have you pulled me here? That is a Balvenie, a Balvenie Doublewood. Mm, that's smooth. And I have got Glenfiddich. You know, I haven't had that for about 30 years. So what are we talking about today? Well, this is LGBT History Month. And uh, I know Jake has been asking some of his schoolmates about what's, uh, what's important to them or whether their schools have been covering LGBT history. I, it, it was kind of an interesting question. What Do you remember any... LGBT history. Well, I think uh, Jake has the edge on us because you know there's about a gap of at least thirty years, <laughs> and I think even then we're being kind to ourselves. We're going back to both for me and you the nineteen eighties. Mm. I had to go and look up uh, when Section Twenty Eight came in, which were the prohibitive series of laws that um, prohibited the promotion of homosexuality in schools and, and other places and it was 1988 so at the time I would have been about 15 but I'm thinking to myself I don't remember anything at school no that actually related to anything to do with gay people except in art in art lessons it was the only time that you actually saw gay people working. The one for me that was ferociously um, artistic, Maggie Hamlin. She was magnetic. And I think artists were the first people I noticed as being different. It felt like art was a way of, maybe unconsciously, of being able to kind of be comfortable with yourself and all the differences. I loved going up to the art rooms and I, I loved the fact that more than any other place in the school, you were seeing people who didn't conform. Mm. And without knowing that I was gay at the time, perhaps I was drawn to that. I treasure the fact that our art teachers exposed us to different kinds of people. So how was it for you? Because your background is more private school educated. Mm, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that you got more sort of <laughs> Latin and oh, Greek. Oh, as if. I mean, yeah, well, actually, there was no Latin and Greek at the school I was at, but uh, it, it was a private school. But I had exactly the same experience in that there was no um, exposure to LGBT characters through any of the lessons. It's not that it was deliberately ignored. I think it was just the the teaching made no point about sexuality. It, it wasn't on the radar. Um, well, I mean, um, later on, of course, it wouldn't have been allowed. That's true. Section 28 would have come in halfway through that, and we didn't even notice. No. no. Because there was no difference before and there was no difference afterwards. No. It was exactly the same. There was no visibility to any queer people in anything at all. It was always um, laughed at. Yes. Yes, um, you yes. know, th those characters were 
reviled, derided. They weren't. They weren't celebrated at all. No, they were, they I were... think at the time a lot of gay characters on TV um, they seemed to be stereotypes. Yes, and then of course when when AIDS kind of hit the news, those gay characters became victims, and they were only there to be shown to be you know fallible and yeah. and almost somehow to be punished for their sins. Oh, you are a sexual being. Well, now you've got AIDS and you're going to die. You're going to suffer the penalty for kissing another man. And and that was the only lesson that was that seemed to be sort of battered in. My education didn't really happen until I was in my teenage years. Hmm. You know, that then I started to discover people through history that were like me. That I was probably sixteen, seventeen before I realised that it wasn't strange. It wasn't weird. I wasn't on my own. I wasn't wrong. Hmm. One of the things that uh, Jake's been asking people is people through history. So is Maggie Hamlin your kind of your chosen heroine, your chosen hero? Because they were the first ones that I knew about. Yes, in a way, they are heroic. David Hockney, Maggie Hamlin. Yeah. Mm. And, and of course, we hear about um, historical figures. But I, it's that thing with sort of Oscar Wilde. It's... It's he's so far removed. He's not, you know. It, it, it's almost like looking at a pioneer. Yes, but but I mean that that is proper history, and it's very hard to feel connected to someone, even you know from as recently as fifty years ago. Yes. So we talk about characters like Alan Turing. Yes. And although they're relatively recent, I mean now of course we're talking you know eighty you know seventy eighty years ago, they still feel somehow unreachable that it's quite yeah. hard to connect to someone yeah. who had died before you were born i think the other thing with alan turing is uh when did his story actually come out it's during our lifetime mm. when i was growing up they didn't even talk about bletchley park mm. i mean he was still wrapped up in secret so alan turing himself you know totally forgotten about yeah except for a very small number of people this is what i'm saying about there weren't the heroes there, because you're not being taught about those heroes. You're not being taught about people who, in history, were gay, mm. were lesbian, or any of that. It's now that we have stories about you know, what, what actually happened with Oscar Wilde, what happened with Alan Turing. I'm going to pick two. I'm going to pick one from the literary world and one from the entertainment world. Mm-hmm. Um, my first... Um, adored writer mm. was probably um, uh, an author called Alan Hollinghurst and I read a book in so let me think I would have been at college so it would have been 1990 called The Swimming Pool Library which I think he wrote a couple of years earlier than yeah. that um, but that for me was a real story that had real gay characters it just felt very emotional and and real but the other character, the other um, person I wanted to talk about was Paul O'Grady. Yeah. Who was massive during my childhood. Lily Savage was an absolute icon. And, uh, you know, although she would have started in kind of the, the, the bar circuit in the 70s and 80s, she came to my attention probably the late 80s at uh, sort of doing some of her television stuff. Yeah. And to have a drag queen playing blankety blank. For me, was almost like okay. I think we might have arrived. So our, our role models, our heroes, we kind of had to discover ourselves. They weren't presented for us. Yes. 
Do you think it's different now for, for younger people? I think it must be because there seems to be a lot more openly gay people on TV. Um, and that's where... Uh, musicians too. And uh, This is the funny thing. Music, art, uh, theatre. Those seem to be the free areas where gay and lesbian people were much more visible. Mm. Even back when we were growing up. Yeah, I'd like to think that someone growing up now would have a whole selection of role models to choose from. Well, yeah, I think they do. Well, cheers to cheers. that. Get in contact with us. You can leave a voice message at anchor.fm forward slash Congleton Pride or email the podcast at congletonpride.co.uk. Congleton Pride.